Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disaster Peace Publishing House. I'm Dev Solovey. I am Cy Metz. And this is a show about the good, bad, but mostly bad of weird internet literature. Dramatic, Dramatic readings, readings included. included. Yeah, we're finally nailing that. <laughs> right, right and By on. that, I mean I'm finally doing my part and actually uh, <laughs> trying to remember. Nice. All right, well, today I have two pieces I've brought to the table with... Uh, uh, sort of a theme. Uh, they're both short ones, and they're wildly different subject matters, but they have the same exact plot twist. So I am ready to jump into the first one. I can uh, almost guarantee you that we're going to read the first one in its entirety, mm-hmm. and then we're going to read the second one, and I still won't see the plot twist coming the second time around. <laughs> I'm making that prediction now. Fair enough. So um, this is a piece, uh, it starts off as kind of a weird sort of uh, political science fiction type thing. It's, it was published in 2011, I believe. So it, it kind of fits with the politics of the time, you know, that Angela Merkel is the chancellor of Germany, you know, so on and so forth. So you, you'll see some faces that were prevalent back then, but not so much now, 13 years later. The plot twist of this fic is so wild that it became a meme. If you figure it out before it comes, don't say anything. But just <laughs> that goes for you too, the audience. Keep yeah. it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. So no, no one in on the bus needs to know that you guessed that Knuckles is going to give birth through his knuckles, <laughs> and they will look at you weird if you do say that. All right, so we have... uh, I'm just assuming it's Sonic for some reason. (laughs) I mean, you find a lot of weird Sonic stuff, but let's see. So this is called The Immortality Protocol, and it's by a user called CyFox. It was published... Yeah, it was published on March 4th, 2011. It takes place on March 31st, 2010. So I guess. Clearly, such a, a, a wide gap in time that if, if you were to read it at. In 2011, thinking it was taking place in modern day, it would completely fuck you up. <laughs> exactly. So, um, here we go. This is the Immortality Protocol. Uh, United Nations Security Council Chambers. <laughs> I think <laughs> I already... I think... You, think you said you're... Angela Merkel and United Nations. I think I know what the twist of this is okay, already. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, United Nations Security Council Chambers, Wednesday, March 31st, 2010. An emergency session was announced earlier in the day. By good fortune, most of the Security Council was still lingering in the U.S. after deciding on Resolution 1917, which happened nine days ago. Holding the attention of the floor was a thin and balding African-American who was wearing a light blue turtleneck and khaki chinos. He was Dr. Nathan Morgan, a member of the European Center for Nuclear Research, or CERN, and also a well-respected physics researcher from Berkeley. He stood at the lectern that was set up in the center of the chambers, at the head of a table that was occupied by several key Security Council officials. There was, of course, the Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Sitting at his right was Susan Rice, the American ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, at his left was Sir Mark Lykle Grant, Rice's equivalent from the UK. At Grant's left, as a standard gesture to the Anglo-Franco relationship, was Gerard Rook. I'm not going to read through all of this shit because it's a million different names, but suffice it to say, there's UK Prime Minister David Cameron, Angela Merkel, Dmitry Medvedev, Barack Obama, so on and so forth. Um, Who begat Ezekiel, who begat (laughs) Isaiah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. Like, I know the format is usually to read the thing in its entirety, but trust me, this is boring. So, looking at each familiar face made Morgan more nervous than when he had initially come in, feeling everyone's gaze on him. He took a sip of water from a glass on his lectern, scratched at his head, and began to speak. Yesterday, as you all know, the Large Hadron Collider began its beam collisions at 1.06pm Central European Summer Time. In the public eye, it was an event of little consequence. However, it had all of us at CERN and the scientific community at large apprehensive, but also excited. He took a moment to scan the chambers before continuing. The media likes to make people think that we're going to cause the world to disappear into a black hole. For the most part, that theory is largely bunk. However, (laughs) Morgan wiped his forehead with a sleeve. An unexpected event did happen during the first collision. What kind of event, Dr. Morgan? Rice interjected. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't... <laughs> no, 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 don't spoil it, don't spoil it. Um, the collider had, had opened up a fissure in the ground within the ring. 
It was completely hollowed out, but what we saw within it was even more incredible than the presence of the fissure itself. I feel like you've already gotten it, <laughs> but I'm going to continue. Did I, did I spoil the way that you asked me? Not necessarily. No, 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 okay, no, okay. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so it's a twist within a twist. Okay. Uh, what was within the fissure, Dr. Morgan? Rice asked. Space, Ambassador Rice. Space. Rice maintained perfect control of her tone, while the rest of the security council seemed to deflate like a bicycle tire in surprise. Intriguing. Understatement of the century, Susan. Obama leaned forward and rested his elbows on the table, linking his fingers together. Oh, let me be clear. (laughs) Was it populated space, Nathan? From a visual inspection, we could see at least one planet which appears to be Earth-like in its composition. You must understand, sir, we could only see with our naked eyes. We didn't dare leave the ring for safety reasons. We didn't know how this fissure operates. It could have simply been a window that couldn't be breached. Worst case scenario was that it really was a breach. Obama seemed to take the news as if it were just another day in the office. What's the current status of this anomaly? Gone. The collider has been completely shut down under the guise of maintenance, sir. We all agreed that it was a good idea to leave such an anomaly in place without knowing how exactly it was created, or if it could even be controlled. Do you have any theories, at least? There is one, but it's very thin. Try me! Obama thinly smiled. Morgan had the feeling that the president's eyes were boring through his skull. He had the complete attention of one of the most powerful people on the planet and made Nathan's hands sweat. We were testing several artifacts that were seconded to the U.S. Fucking Chad Bomba over here. I know. (laughs) To us by the U.S. Air Force, we were told that their presence at CERN was to be considered classified along with their origin. Obama chuckled. You mean the Chaos Emeralds? Oh my god, it's this one! (laughs) Yes! 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 Let's! Let's go! Yes! Okay, to describe for the listeners, Sai is like jumped up from his seat and is jumping around and dancing around the room. <laughs> we'll pause. We'll pause for a second here to explain this one. So, oh my god, how did I not see this coming? <laughs> I was I was trying not to like endorse because you were saying Sonic, and I was trying not to like. <laughs> so. Uh, this line here, uh, let me go into the history. Obama chuckled. You mean the Chaos Emeralds. A wonderful, (laughs) wonderful, beautiful line of fanfiction. This became a meme, uh, when it was first posted to a Twitter account called Fanfiction, uh, something or other, Bad Fanfiction, something like that, and they, they posted the line, it took off, went viral on Twitter, and this was possibly like almost 10 years ago it because it became such a phenomenon people started making memes about it and so you saw memes of obama being surrounded by the chaos emeralds flying around him and later when trump began his campaign people started making the chaos emeralds surrounding trump as well so it became kind of a weird oh my god i'm only now starting to realize this we wouldn't have dark brandon memes today if If it weren't for obama chaos emeralds (laughs) exactly yeah yeah man (laughs) it really makes you think how how much of the subtleties of ancient cultures are lost just by them not having uh forums yeah like we find out that there was some weird meme about julius caesar eating anchovies all the time or something that we just don't know because there's no record of the way those types yeah. of jokes would well, be some of those some of those have lived on though like especially if you see roman graffiti there's that one that you yeah. know people still talk about today april whatever i made bread you know yeah things like people have been shit posting for millennia but yeah. this one i think it's fascinating i wonder if the author of this fic which admittedly without that line it's a pretty bad fic i wonder if this person knows exactly how much they have influenced culture just with this one incredible line <laughs> so i mean let, let, let's go ahead and continue we'll see what happens obama has some interesting stuff to say about his predecessor also, george I, bush i i just want to say like the funny thing about this to me is how you can already feel like the dripping the 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 neo-lib like worshiping of Obama. Of, of Obama, like he is a commanding, powerful presence, and his yeah, his uh, like mannerisms are described almost of that of a trickster god. Yeah, well, it, and I mean, both of us will more or less recall when Obama was elected. People, because we were so used to George Bush and his idiocy that yeah. like 
people really thought Obama was going to change everything, like those hope posters and yeah. everything like that. People really did feel like things were going to finally get better, and they didn't. Um, and that's yeah, because he was just the president. You yeah, know? He, was, he, he was just a, he was just a Democratic president. Yeah, he was he, just another yeah. neoliberal, and so it's interesting to see. You, you know, in in 2011, it's still kind of in the midst of that. He's you know, it's it's towards the end of his first term, and people are still not quite disillusioned with him just yet. Yeah, he, he's still riding the high of being able to pin a lot of his administration not getting anything done to Republican <laughs> obstructionism. Mm. And we're like, that sounds like him. All right, we'll take your word for it, bud. <laughs> well, uh, let me be clear. <laughs> uh, you will not be getting health care. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into the last bit of this. So. Uh, so our next line is from Nathan. May I assume that the subject is now no longer classified, sir? In the interest of science and my own curiosity, you certainly may. Obama looked over at the Secretary General. Mr. Secretary, I have a very interesting story to share with you all if I may address the council. I'm sure a lot of you have wanted to hear it. The elderly South Korean nodded. President Obama stood up in his seat and crossed around the table to stand behind Morgan. My little story begins at Roswell in 1947. As most good stories do. <laughs> Amusing, Medvedev murmured. Obama fixed his gaze on the Russian president briefly. Oh, he's Russian. Okay. The official story has been that we recovered debris from an experimental aircraft. That kicked off the UFO craze, and people have been trying to find out the truth about whatever we found ever since. I can't do a good impression of Obama, so I'm not really trying. The truth is, we didn't find the remains of a UFO, but the objects in question were extraterrestrial. Seven perfectly cut diamonds of various colors. Yes! <laughs> so, <laughs> Roswell, the secret of Roswell is the Chaos Emeralds. Love it. Yes! <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> he made a fist and held it in the air. About this size, we called them Chaos Emeralds because ever since we found them, there were UFO sightings all over. Sightings that had no basis. Your military, however, said that these UFOs did not exist, David Cameron interjected. Yet now you've sprung upon us the fact that you've found space diamonds. I'd say that they have a lot of basis now. Obama chuckled again. I'm speaking the plain and honest truth, David. We found nothing physical in the air, but there was something. The Air Force figured that they were optical illusions being created by these gems. They were originally called emeralds, by the way, because they were green when they were found. And the military was picking at them ever since... Morgan cocked his head. They exhausted their capabilities for research, didn't they? And their budget. I'm sorry to say that my predecessor's squandering of Mr. Clinton's surplus in the Middle East was the main cause of that. Obama replied coolly. <laughs> that, I mean, that was the discourse in 2011, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a bunch of racists saying the N-word, and then a bunch of 60-year-old white people with square frame glasses and a decent job going... Oh, well, but Bush, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Bush, though. This is when, I think, <laughs> with with Obama is when discourse started to get divided. Because aside from the advent of the internet and misinformation, there was also the fact that, like, it came more out in the open exactly what these kind of Republicans were really doing. Right? Yeah. Because it, it became clear, especially after 9-11, things just kind of went downhill from there. And it's interesting to see... At what point this fic? At what point during that timeline this fic is occurring? Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's right in the uh, it's in, in the same vein as oh uh, well, we can just logically argue against creationism, and that'll show those Christians. I know, and, and it's that same sort of like immaturity. I feel we grew out of that. Yeah. A lot of uh, people from previous generations haven't. You had this idea that everybody is operating more or less on your side genuinely. Yeah. But everyone else isn't. Yeah. You've just decided to stick with the one team that got it right. And there's yeah. no, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a sort of like, there really was like this sort of dogma that came with being yeah. being progressive at the time that didn't actually make you very progressive and not not only did it like make it easy for you to go like well i'm ranting on republicans and that's all i have to do yeah. it also like reinforced your own worldview in a way that didn't really actually let progressive ideas in 
right? Yeah, yeah, because what happened, like, and, and we see a little bit of that, you know, here, but there was, after George Bush, people kind of associated Republicans with rednecks, and then, like, they therefore associated, like, progressives as being intelligent people, and so you get this classism Yeah, divide. this unbelievable classism that... Yeah, and that only contributed to the division, because, yeah. like, if you're, a, you know, a Republican person who's living out in the boonies, and you're poor, and everybody around you is poor... You don't want to listen to some rich guy from San Francisco lecturing you about white supremacy. And it's not because what they're saying is wrong. It's because you're tired of having to deal with rich folks controlling your life. And, you know? and that's, that's why we've seen the scapegoat shift mm-hmm. in, in, in the right wing. You, you know, I, we're, we're talking about these groups of people who have been left behind by, by these politics, right? Yeah. We're mm. not condoning or endorsing any particular party, merely observing that there are people whose lives were being, and still are, being thrown around like, yeah. like yeah. they're, they were confetti. And they can't play that game anymore. All of the top running, uh, Republicans these days are rich fucking pricks. So now they had to shift into like, all right, cool, then fuck the poor. We actually don't care about the poor. We're going to grind their bones into dust and you are going to get to to snort that bone dust. And that bone dust is going to make you rich. And that's how we're going to run America. Yeah, it's interesting how like, I mean, there always sort of has been a class war, but it really, it has its origins all the way back. Yeah, it was so disingenuous because I, I will say progressives... When I say progressives, I mean people with progressive ideas. I don't mean Democrats, right? Yeah. Progressives at the time were talking about class war and using those words, talking about it in terms of we got to see things through the mm-hmm. lens of class. And the Dems were listening, but the way that like a parent listens and nods while their kid is talking about Pokemon. Yeah, they're patronizing. And then the Republicans got to, rather than actually engage with any of those ideas, just rant about how hypocritical it was that the Democrats were listening and not doing anything about it. All right, well, I mean, I can jump back into this. We've yeah. only got, like, a couple more paragraphs. but I This, think is, I think it, it, this show is just, like, you know how everyone jokes that every Lindsay Ellis video is secretly about 9-11? Like, this is just going to be, like, all our show is just accidentally all about, like, the particular politics <laughs> of when we went to high school that we're still fucking dealing with now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean... We can't even read a silly fucking... We're still dealing with politics <laughs> from Reagan. Like, we're still yeah. dealing with the... Yeah, a lot of a lot of these pieces have sort of been by accident from that time period. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why that's happening. But, I mean, basically, you know, from here it just kind of explains Roswell. Morgan swore lightly under his breath, shaking his head. The man was scouring for oil while he had the key to infinite power locked away in Nevada. He's talking about Bush here, which... Excellent. <laughs> well, Bush is so evil he would sit on <laughs> on infinite magical renewable energy. But yeah, like well, because if it's not if it's renewable, then he can't profit from yeah, it, right? Yeah. So that is true, but it's framed in such a disingenuous way. Mm-hmm. Hey Obama, you're president now. Why aren't you doing it? Why isn't it why isn't it like yeah, we could have done something about it, but uh Bush, right? It's like you have him though. Yeah. Now yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you doing anything with that? Well, I think he answers that question. Okay, okay. Um, he's, uh, Obama patted Morgan's shoulder. I'm glad I made the right decision to send them to CERN. This has to be the most monumental scientific discovery since the bomb. Morgan could see that Obama was getting visibly excited. With his smile widening, he made a fist and smacked it into the open palm of his other hand. You understand what this means? This is a major opportunity for multidiscipline investment. It could trigger a global economic stimulus. <laughs> That 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 was it. That was the real source of the stimulus that he did was the Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> you can quote me on that. The Russian ambassador harshly laughed. And there we get the capital in order to make these investments. In fact, how do you plan to fit this into the budget? Your Republican opposition says your administration is overspending as it is. I intend to meet with several reputable investors in order to provoke interest in investment. In fact, Obama looked over at one of the interns that accompanied him. Blaine, please see to it. The following people are brought to the White House by the time I get back to Washington. Uh, the intern pulled, <laughs> the intern pulled out his Blackberry smartphone and brought up a note application. I'm ready when you are, sir. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, John Carmack, Larry Ellison, Mark Zuckerberg, Eric Schmidt, and of course, Mr. Buffett. <laughs> 
Mr. Buffett. I know he's talking about Warren Buffett, but I would love if he was if talking was Jimmy about Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. J- Jimmy Buffett's just like, all right, we're going to use this to save the ocean, right? Yeah. I'm putting my fucking money where my mouth is. Obama yeah. uh, flashed the intern his news conference smile. But let's phase this in slowly. We'll start declassifying the military records and research, make it accessible to the public. Obama looked over at Morgan. As for you, I'm going to put you in charge of a special advisory council. He lowered his voice. If I can secure the funding, we'll see about reproducing this anomaly in a safe zone. With all due respect, sir, Morgan leaned in close to the president's ear. The only safe place would most likely be in space. Obama shrugged. Let it be space, Nate. And that is the end of Obama Chaos Emeralds. (laughs) Also known as the Immortality Protocol. The funniest thing about this is nothing happens nope (laughs) nothing happens it's without that twist it's just a really boring political sci-fi yeah i was about to say like this whoever wrote this they must have loved the star wars prequels they're like (laughs) fuck this lightsaber shit you know sonic and eggman are fighting off somewhere but we got to get to the real nitty-gritty uh the economic implications of chaos emeralds I think we already did the discussion kind of in the middle of that, really. Yeah, so I think it's a good time to take a break before we move on to the next thing. All right, let's take a break. All right, and we're back. How are you feeling? I am feeling pretty good. All right, so this one uh, I I pulled again. It's got the same kind of plot twist, but I wanted you to read it because it is a Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. Some content warnings on this one. Hello, it's me, (laughs) the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) I heard that you were going to read some Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) But that is too loud even for me. Uh, Yeah, Gilbert, can, can we get you to go, please? No problem! I'm gonna go back to being dead! (laughs) Alright, so this is Fifty Shades of Grey fanfiction, content warning, smut. There's also some, uh, this this fic was written uh, with the intent to call out how abusive Fifty Shades of Grey is, uh, and they do it in a very interesting way. So there is some implied emotional abuse, Uh, it's told from Anastasia's perspective, but it's not shown. It's not shown or described I'm just going to put that content warning out there as well. So, I mean, if you're ready, we can go ahead and jump in. The sky is gray like everything else in Anastasia's life. The buildings are gray. Her home is gray. Her skin is gray. And sometimes she thinks that her hair is gray. She has aged so much in so little time. She's certain that he's killing her. When it's dark and she can't sleep... She finds herself wondering if he's a vampire, sucking all the happiness from her body. (laughs) On days like these ones, when she's able to sneak out like a teenager, she goes for tea. It's not conventional, not classically American, but she likes it. When she was young, her father would prepare some while they watched the latest all-American soccer game. Ah, I like the new blue jerseys, he said once. Young Anastasia appeared at the screen. Me too. They're far prettier than the old gray ones. They look like gems, she responded, clutching her mug of tea tight. Gems indeed. Blue is a very trustworthy color, Anna. Yeah, she said, smiling at the screen. It's my favorite color. Anastasia approached the cashier. She bit her lip and placed her order. What? said the cashier. Anna sighed. She repeated herself. Oh, Would you like, uh, a muffin with that? The muffins were twelve dollars. Three. Ten minutes passed before Anna saw her muffins. They were gray, from the berries to the body to the sprinkle of toasted sugar on top. She blinked, hoping she had seen it wrong. She hadn't. It was as gray as gray could be. Fifty shades of gray, she whispered, squeezing her (laughs) eyes shut. Fifty shades of gray. (laughs) Always. The cashier cleared their throat. Uh, ma'am, I don't mean to interrupt an intimate moment, but, uh, you're kind of holding up the line. I know this isn't a busy shop, but we still get business, and I don't want to be fired. (laughs) 
Anna grabbed her plate of gray muffins, her cup of tea, and backed away from the counter, hurrying for a table. There were only a few in this little place, and it took plenty of effort and a fast mile to claim one before it was taken. Anna managed by the skin of her teeth. She placed the muffin plate delicately at the edge of the table and set her tea opposite. Anna pulled her blackberry out of her pocket. It buzzed impatiently in her hand, flashing a message from her husband, the one and only Christian Grey. Where are you? <laughs> Anna set her phone aside, freeing her hands to rake her fingers through her hair. Christian had lost his charm recently. He was not as handsome or alluring as he had been when they'd met. He was cold, distant even, when he tried not to be. He was not willing to discuss their relationship, and he hadn't the skill in bed to make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> like that, this Whoa. just an excellent Whoa. that line is excellent because like the whole thing with 50 shades the whole thing is that it's smut and like the <laughs> fact that things have gone on and he's not even good at it is fucking incredible <laughs> like, I, just, I love that so much his gray penis could no longer satisfy her gray beef curtain <laughs> did you just say beef curtain yeah I, I probably shouldn't have said <laughs> no, beef curtain that's fucking funny as hell my dude content warning <laughs> beef curtain mentioned his redeeming qualities were null it hurt her to think that she had been wrong in marrying him at least there was tea thought anna as she took a long sip at least this tea is warm and homey yes she thought tea shall be my secret love affair she almost scoffed at the hopelessness of that one People chattered in her peripheral. About what? She could not hear, but they sounded happy. It's, you know, trying to read this is, is like tripping over like bumpy cobblestones. It's every so often there's just like a step that is just a little I mean, this was little written, off kilter. This yeah. was written by a group chat. but <laughs> Really? Yep. We'll, oh, that's amazing. We'll get okay. into that in a moment. Oh, hell yeah. Never mind then, no notes. <laughs> Their voices blended into a pleasant buzz. Or it would have been pleasant hadn't Anastasia been so entrenched in her sulking that she chased her appetite away. The bell above the door rang delicately, shaking Anna out of her stupor. Confused and saddened, she gazed down at her gray muffins. Frowning deeply, her tea was still hot, the cup half empty, and the muffins had not even been touched, and yet she could not bring herself to finish any of it. The very thought made her stomach clench. Anna picked up the plate and the cup and headed for the door, eyes fixed on the window, a bike passed. She recalled Christian's arms around her, yanking her from the path of another incoming bicycle. Anna would not have survived without his interference. Bikes, she learned, were incredibly deadly. Oh my god, we're about to get to the twist, aren't we? Because you're la you're, you're, you're I just giggling. think it's I just think it's funny that she thinks bikes are deadly, that's all. But <laughs> Yeah. You know that one time that our friend got hit by a bike and immediately evaporated into mist? Well, They're I'm, fucking deadly, dude. I'm pretty sure it's a callback, because it's probably a callback to Twilight. Um, in, in Twilight, one of the things, the interactions between Bella and Edward is that Edward saves her from a bus. So I'm assuming Christian saving her from a bike is somehow a callback to that, but it's just like a really lame one compared to what actually happens in Twilight. Yeah. I'm not like, here's the thing. I don't like, I have problems with Twilight. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one who like shits on Twilight because it's funny to do so. I don't think it is funny to do so. However, I do have like genuine, a lot of issues with it, but I do think in terms of talking about toxic, abusive relationships, Twilight is still a step above Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, both of them are, like, to it's, me... It's also, like, a well-documented fact that E.L. James is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she's... And has really, really bad soul qualities, let's say. Yeah, I feel like Stephanie Meyer also took her criticism a lot better, and she was dragged through the dirt. Yeah, she she took her lumps in, in some very unfair ways, but yeah. I, I think she also responded, I don't want to say great, because I don't know for a fact, but just compared to the way that E.L. James responded to yeah. criticism. Yeah, no, I would say definitely a step yeah. above. Her memories had such a hold on her that she nearly relived them. Tea exploded all over Anna's front, staining her shirt for, from silver to brown. It was the first shade of non-gray she had seen in what felt like years. Hot shit! exclaimed an unfamiliar voice. Anna's eyes flitted from the window to her unsuspecting victim, 
she was floored. I was right! <laughs> it's the exact same plot twist, and I forgot it was coming. Goddamn motherfucking read shit, motherfucker. Read it, read it, read it. He was short. Shorter, shorter than any grown man she had ever met. But his hair spikes more than made up for it. They were blue, stiff, and stuck directly out of the back of his rather large head. Almost all of him was blue, actually. Deep and rich like the sky between dusk and night. What parts of him weren't blue were slightly darker than Anna's flesh. Except for his eyes. Oh, his eyes. <laughs> Anna had never seen such gorgeous eyes. They were green, but not just green. Emerald. Smeragdine. Even in the foggy Seattle light, they glimmered with a certain mischief. And behind it, a kindness she had not seen in so long. I need to jump in to talk about how genius this fic is. Because... <laughs> Hear me out here. <laughs> so, first of all, at the beginning, they very much they very much foreshadowed to it when she was talking about like blue um, is her favorite color. Blue is her favorite, the trustworthy <laughs> color, better than those old gray jerseys. Is one of the things she said. <laughs> so, let me get into now that we've reached the twist. Let me get into the reason why this was written because again, they're calling out how abusive the relationship between Christian and Anastasia is in a very unique way, which is to say she's having an affair with Sonic the Hedgehog now. The ideal ma- <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is her Ned Flanders in this pretty, situation. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And um th- this is the first in a series too, uh that gets increasingly more and more smutty as time goes on and this this whole concept it came from somebody's group chat. It's up in the notes somewhere uh for whoever wrote this, but it all just started when they I, I don't know, they shot the shit in um uh, their group chat and they're like, "What if you shipped Anastasia with Sonic the Hedgehog? It'd probably be better than whatever shit she's dealing with now." And so that was the genesis of this and it got because there's not a lot of fan fiction in the Fifty Shades of Grey tag on um, on AO3. This got so popular that it has its own category on AO3. If you look at the Fifty Shades of Grey fandom and look through the relationships, Anastasia Steel and Sonic the Hedgehog is its own category. If they don't call this ship Blue Steel, I am going to shit <laughs> my stomach out. I think they actually call it Sonic Stasia. Uh, so get ready. Y'all are disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Anasonic rolls off the tongue way better if that's the angle you're taking. Honestly, I like Blue Steel. I, I think yeah, that's we're calling the, this Blue Steel. Yeah, we're calling this episode Blue Steel. Uh, we're calling <laughs> this episode is Blue Steel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we release this episode normally, but the the follow ups as we are going to have to follow up. I feel we will bring out at Sonic Week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The follow-ups, I was thinking, um, so, so here's the thing. The, the series that, that's, that this sparked is, I think there's about seven pieces in it. And they are all very, very smutty. So here's what I'm gonna do. We reach a hundred subscribers on whatever, whatever, and we'll have this as the reward, or rather releasing this as the reward. In the meantime, we'll make it Patreon exclusive. So if you want the smut, if you want the heavy, hot sex that these two have, subscribe to me on Patreon. <laughs> and if you want to hear a version of it recorded with me doing a Gilbert, I mean, with the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried coming by to to read it. We'll do uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that as a punishment if you don't do it fast enough. Yeah. And to give you an idea of how wild this is, they do it in the Dashcon ball pit. She sticks a dildo in Sonic's ass. Like it gets fucking whack. Spoilers. Yeah, Christian Grey loves being cucked too. Like it it's just the hottest love affair you've ever heard of. So subscribe on Patreon. We'll do it. <laughs> but we we got to get enough of an audience first. All so. right. All right, continuing. Where were we? Uh... I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean... She began. It's all right. I was going fast. I have a tendency to do that, said the over-large hedgehog. He looked up at Anna, big head cocked to the side. Anna bit her lip. What else does he have that's big? (laughs) Fast, huh? Fast is good, she said innocently. The hedgehog blinked, his big green eyes narrowing a hint. Fast is good. Yeah. Were you going to throw away those muffins? He asked. Anna averted her gaze. Yes, she admitted sheepishly. I lost my appetite. I went to throw it away and then I drenched us both in tea. Now we're 
Now we're talking. Now we're talking indeed, ma'am. A grin split, <laughs> split the side of his muzzle. My name is Sonic. Would you like to share those muffins with me, miss? Anastasia, she answered, almost too eagerly. Sonic chuckled, running a gloved hand over his spikes. <laughs> Pretty name. I can almost see the gold rings popping out of you, Miss Anastasia, Sonic said smoothly. His eyes I don't even know so- what that means. <laughs> I can tell that you get hit by your husband. <laughs> That's not in the piece, by the way. That's editorializing. (laughs) (laughs) Trigger warning, implied domestic abuse. Uh, I don't know what that means, but thank you, (laughs) Mr. Sonic. (laughs) Me too, girl, me too. (laughs) It's like someone in the chat wrote that first, and then the next person who they passed the talking uh, feather to is like, what the fuck was that, bro? I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely a bit of dialogue that they came up with. I don't know that they wrote this entire thing, but definitely I feel like the reason it feels disjointed is because a lot of them were jumping in like, oh, what if Sonic said this? And what if Anastasia was all hot for him when he said that? And what yeah. if this, that, and the other? So What if Sonic bit his lip and had a giant fucking cock? <laughs> what, what if... What if he fucked fast but was still slow to come? I know. I just think it's funny how like she meets this hedgehog and her first thought is, does oh. he have a fat cock? Like, does he, you know? look, if you saw Sonic the Hedgehog and you were like, had it confirmed that Sonic was real, you already know a lot about Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, my mind would wander to cock, but I mean, that's you know, well, if, I've if, I've got a different perspective. If on there life. really, if there really was a giant hedgehog that was blue in existence, Sonic doesn't wear pants. He's walking around with his whole cock out so you don't well i imagine it's a shape of water situation (laughs) her plate of muffins did not look so gray now the blueberries were blue the wrapper was blue i was sitting over here blue i mean (laughs) i was sitting over there if you'd like to join me i don't have anywhere to be nowhere sonic's spikes twitched nowhere i took the day off work christian will know soon enough i should have fun before he does i deserve this I deserve to have fun. She thought, unable to speak because her mouth was already full of hedgehog balls. <laughs> no, not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet, yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I knew. I should have known it was Sonic going in. You warned me. And I, I still did. wasn't physically or emotionally prepared for this. Anna led Sonic to her table, where he had hopped into a chair and settled to peel a wrapper from one of the muffins. Anna blinked, and the muffin was gone. Crumbs clung to Sonic's plump lips he dragged his tongue over them eyes locked with anna's yeah eat her muffins (laughs) he coiled within her (laughs) (laughs) you having fun reading this (laughs) see this i'm really glad i'm really glad i got you to read this because you do the best sonic voice like i can't do a sonic voice but you can so where do you work asked sonic I'm not going to try and do sexy Sonic. I'm doing the, oh yeah, rat, the entire time. That That makes makes it better. better. (laughs) A publishing firm, Anna answered. She pressed her thighs together. (laughs) No kidding, Sonic laughed, kindly. A cozy warmth blossomed in Anna's stomach. It was a feeling she had never known before, not with anyone, and especially not with Christian Grey. Something about Sonic was intriguing in a way her husband never could be. And it had nothing to do with the fact that Sonic was a big blue hedgehog. <laughs> they chatted over muffins. The air, friendly. They reeked of tea, sure. Anna knew she would have to really scrub to get the scent out. Not to mention Sonic's fur. But she couldn't bring herself to mind. He was absolutely captivating. From the top of his spiky head to the tips of his expensive red shoes. Time had never moved faster. Over three hours passed without their noticing. When she finally did, it was with a start. Oh, Sonic, holy hell, it's been three hours, she stated obviously. Sonic twisted in his seat to see the clock. When he turned back, his eyes were wide. Time really does fly. Listen, Anastasia, would you like to, uh, would you like to come with me back to my place? I could get us there really fast, and I'll probably make it worth these three hours. Hope lightened Sonic's beautiful eyes to the shade of spring leaves. In spite of everything, her instincts told her 
Christian would be angry. People would find out. She might feel guilty. Anna couldn't bring herself to say no. Sonic, there is nothing I would love more. Maybe we can freshen up while we're there. Sonic grinned. (laughs) (laughs) Zero to a (laughs) hundred. But this really is how it goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Not 20 minutes later, Anna found herself wedged between a shower wall and a blue hedgehog. The wall shook with the force of his thrusts, but her legs shook harder. Anna had been in a relationship with a sexual deviant for months now, had even married him, and yet she had never had sex so raw and passionate before now. There was no pain, emotional or physical. Better even, she could actually feel his cock. (laughs) She had been able to pick her teeth with Christian. Sonic? Sonic left her begging for more. Fuck, Sonic! Fuck! Faster! Sonic laughed into her ear. His blue fur was slicked into his skin. His green eyes twinkled. Voice low, he uttered a phrase that would change Anna's life forever. Baby, fast is my specialty! So there you go. The kitty faced with the C to indicate yeah, deviousness. Yeah. So that oh is my our fucking god. That is our foray. I thoughts. Oh my god, that was <laughs> zero yeah. to one hundred. I know. I want to. Wanna... It started innocent. It started innocent enough, and it's like, and then they were fucking until they came. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. I just I do love looking at the comments on this fic because a lot of them is either like I'm reporting you, or like uh, <laughs> I want to die. But then some of them are like you've changed my life, and it's just it's all one or the other. We really um, we really need to incorporate the comics on fan fiction into these episodes more. Yeah, yeah. And to give you an idea of Sonic the Hedgehog, Anastasia Steele, the um, thirteen uh, works, huh? Yeah, and the relationship it's in that tag. So you have like other stuff, but um, okay. Let's read. Let's read the tags for the additional tags because I caught a glimpse of them. We've got pegging, Halloween, prequel, Australia, <laughs> nipple play, mild smut, and coffee shops. <laughs> I want to find the one that was my foray into this because it, it's a one paragraph one. I just want to read it. I, I found out about this from a friend who we were talking in our discord server and they looked up what the 50 shades of gray fan fandom was like, and they found that Sonic and Anastasia was a tag. And I was like, Oh, well I have to see this. So the first fic I read was, is this called 50 shades cooked? Yes, it is. Um, this was the, I, I believe this was the first one that they posted. And it's just about a paragraph. So I'm just going to pop off for you. So 50 Shades Cucked by an account called Sonic Stasia. Um, <laughs> the summary, life comes at you fast, Christian Grey. So here it is. Christian Grey gets everything he wants at the snap of his finger. It hasn't been that way all his life. Of course it hasn't. But that's the way it is now. And anything to stand between him and his goals ends up mangled in one form or another. For years, Anastasia Steele had been his goal. She's his. She's always going to be his. Or so he thinks. He arrives home that evening to an emptiness. Anastasia usually greets him. Where is she now? Where is she gone? Maybe she's not feeling well, he thinks. Christian is, after all, an absolute demon. And sometimes she's hurt in his own crossfire. He shrugs it off and heads upstairs. He will visit her in her bedroom. (laughs) There's no way for Christian to prepare for what he sees when he opens that door. Sonic, balls deep in his wife. <laughs> and that's the end. So that was the Sonic, first... balls deep in his wife. <laughs> yeah. Like the fucking... Like the race of aliens from fucking the next generation that can only speak in, in metaphor and yeah. stories. Like uh, fucking Shaka when the walls fell. Yeah. Sonic, balls deep in his wife. <laughs> yeah. That's just, I feel like that is one of the greatest conclusions to any fan fiction I've ever read. Because this whole thing is like very indirect. And it's very from Christian Gray's perspective. So you think you're going to get like his reaction, but instead you just get Bam! Sonic! Balls deep in his wife. <laughs> like, that's, you know, I, I just, I think it's really, that that was a great introduction. And then from there, this account was kind of the outlet for the, the group chat that created this whole thing. And so, yeah, that's, that's Sonic Stasia, and it keeps going, you know? They, they do all sorts of, like, wild, hot, sexy stuff with each other, and it's just... 
uh it's incredible the 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 journey that they go on unfortunately this series wasn't finished but there's like a, i want to say like seven or eight works in the series it's, I, it's wonderful i feel like our reading of this series can only end one way with us finishing <laughs> yep what sonic stasia started yeah pretty much i mean if there's in you know there's enough to read here there's enough to make a series out of it but again it's gonna be patreon exclusive until we can get enough subscribers to release this so please please support yeah, this the is show. a trial this is the trial run of this. yeah please support the show that you know having an audience makes it possible we're both you know we both have lives we both work jobs and it's stressful and it's hard to get all this done all at once so you know any support we appreciate it any other discussion that you would like to do about this my friend hmm well, I'm curious. It's always interesting to me the balance that fan fictions that are crossovers have to maintain about, well, how much of these worlds are actually bleeding into each other? Mm. It, does it become a fish out of water story? Does it become uh, suddenly these two characters and it's kind of implied that the two universes can kind of coexist? So I'm curious to see how much Sonic actually plays into this like if we're gonna see and don't spoil no no of course if not. we're going to see uh some fan favorites like big the cat perhaps <laughs> uh maybe uh anastasia has to uh help sonic pay his rent <laughs> so he can uh stop robotnik from uh purchasing her publishing company or something i don't know uh, maybe i don't know um i'm, I'm down for for either Either yeah. of those things, honestly. I, I think this can also be kind of... Because uh, we, we do need to, at some point, address the fact that Sonic fan content is just... So divorced <laughs> from what the canon is. It's also I, just incredibly cursed. Like, yeah. it's just, there's so much I'd say Sonic... Up in, I, I would say up until, like, I, I would say, like, the last five years have had a, a renaissance of, of Sonic fandom in a non-cringe way. Yeah, but until then, it's been yeah. one of the most terrifying fandoms. And a lot of just, like, the weirdest fan content comes out of it, to the point where Sonic fan content has kind of become a meme in and of itself. Yeah. Like, it's the reason you get things like Sonic 2, Tails gets trolled, uh, your Obama Chaos Emeralds, you get things like this, uh, Sonic High School. And you know, you know what? I'm going to say it here. It's because the internet came out and suddenly a bunch of autistic kids got to make some weird art about their hyperfixation. Yeah, which, I mean, relatable because yeah. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> like... I, I I do think so. It, so there's, but then you have the separate phenomena of the sort of irony culture that forms around any sort of enormous fandom like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, which is why you get just yeah. meme stuff about Sonic and about Harry Potter and about all sorts of other things. You know, I I do kind of just as someone who my hyperfixation was Skyrim and Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I you know I do want to get into some of that content too because that oh, content absolutely. can be just absolutely wild and so and I I mean the canon content can be absolutely wild as well. That's one of the unique things about it but yeah video game fandoms such a uh, such a gold mine of strange material <laughs> yeah i i feel like nowadays a lot of fandom content is literally like algorithm driven you know like yeah. there, there are trends in popularities where you just see people trying to like blend stuff because it's popular and because it'll get them clicks yeah and there's this sort of earnestness to this era and I, it still exists today, obviously. It's just harder yeah. to find. But there's there's an earnestness about this this sort of era that we're dipping into uh, between like 2010 to like 2018. Mm -hmm. I feel where it was just like the peak of like bizar bizarre fandom content that treads the line between weird ironies, surreal yeah. hipster shit that is enjoyable and like the pose law. Uh, effect yeah. happen and now people are just so self-aware of the tropes and the ins and outs of things it's impossible yeah. to fake it and everyone's trying and it's annoying i do think the one that people tend to forget about the one that like a lot of weird fandom content came out of that was sort of at the beginning of this was super hulak yeah because um, that was the first like I, I mean there's always been sort of crossover fandoms but i remember that being the first one that got close to mainstream yeah um and, and it just happens to be because a 
people on a particular popular social media site just happened to like a lot of similar things yeah, at yeah. the same time. And, I, I and just, that happening, I think, was the first time corporations really started to look at that and go, like, we can make this happen. Yeah, we can, we can cultivate fans. We can know? cultivate fans and get semi-unrelated semi fandom stuff to... Yeah. purposefully interbreed with one another. Yeah. And that's... I feel like... The part, that particular type of toxicity is one that we're very familiar with. Yeah. In. So that's that's something we can definitely jump yeah. into later, but we're suffice not, it to say... So, we're, yeah, we're not trying to, like, paint any particular type of fandom or era of fan culture through rose-tinted yeah, lens. Yeah, because the reality is every fandom is cringe. Every fandom every is cringe. Every fandom is cringe. Fandom is inherently toxic. It's social dynamics about consuming a product. It's interesting. I think we're kind of getting off topic, but we're super getting say, off topic. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... Suffice it to say, Sonic content is a goldmine, and we are going to yeah. be digging we're, we're, for all of that I guess gold. We're, all we were trying to do there is establish our cringe credentials. So, <laughs> to, to differentiate ourselves from the other type of people yeah, who tend yeah, to yeah. talk about Sonic content, I guess. Yeah, well, you, you doxed yourself yeah. in the first episode by saying you're a furry artist. I'll dox myself by saying I've run several Elder Scrolls. RP accounts, so we've got cringe cred. Yeah, <laughs> like we were into, you know, like oh, dude, when it was edit, still no, running. edit that out. No, I, I'm putting my foot down. We're okay, not being okay. public. Okay, bleep, okay. bleep that. I will, and we'll I make will. it a fun little joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's been bleeped. It's a mystery. I, re- you know. I'm just I also I refuse to cover anything from that fandom on this fucking you show. You don't want to do it, really? No, we're. You said it again. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut this out, but like, are you sure? This is 50% a bit, 50% me kind of putting my fit, foot down. Okay. Are you positive? Are you positive? I do not want to let that devil in this house. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's, <laughs> that's about all I had to say. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. This rules. I can't wait to read more of it. All right. Uh, so as always, our music was created by Aria. You can find her on Twitter at Two Glitch. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a comment if you can. You can also follow, uh, subscribe to me on Patreon. The link is in the description. And we will see you on the next episode. And remember, folks, don't shit where you read. Excellent. <laughs>